This is John Finnamore's Souvenir Programme. Hello, hello, uh, Mrs Shaw. Yes, hello. Oh, you must be the management consultant. Mm -hmm. Yes, we have that honour, yes. As our letter said, we are giving back to the community by giving our services... For free. Absolutely well. free and for gratis for instant blitz sessions with small business owners like yourself who could never normally dream of dreaming of being able to afford us. Lovely. It is lovely, mm. and it's lovely of us to do it. <laughs> so, uh, what do you do here? Well, well actually, uh, it's all right. I've got it all down here. Let me see. Yes. Uh, oh, uh, she sells seashells by the seashore. <laughs> you sell seashells by the seashore. Sammy, do you see the systemic flaw? Sure thing, CJ. I see it for sure. You shouldn't <laughs> sell seashells by the seashore. You should sell seashells further inshore. Me sell seashells further inshore. Sure, sell seashells way, way inshore. You see, seashells are free shells on the seashore. Yeah. Who, who needs seashells? bought from a store when we can all see free shells all over the shore. But if you sell seashells further inshore, the seashells you sell will sell for much more. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's called scarcity value, you see. Mm -hmm. Well, it's been a pleasure to transform your life. We'll be on our way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right, right OK. Uh, thanks. Uh, j just one thing, though. Uh, what about added value? What? How do you mean? Well, you see, every sunrise I search the seashore to seek out the best shells washed up night before. So when you seek seashells later, therefore, you'll only see shells of a standard that's poor. If you seek to please a seashell connoisseur, you'll need the seashells that I sell in my store. Oh, right, yeah. Mm, yeah. Uh, but even so, our point still stands. Even if you're getting the best shells, they'll still sell even better inshore where there's no competition. Right, but these shells that I sell here in my store, I sell as souvenirs of the seashore. Here by the seashore, shells are a draw, but inshore, seashells lose their allure. When you buy seashells, if ever, I'm sure you buy seashells by the seashore. <laughs> Yeah, that is true. Yeah. The only time I would ever even consider buying a shell is at the beach. Yeah. Huh. yeah. I'm sorry, madam. Um, there seems to be a slight chance that for the first time in the entire history of management consultancy, <laughs> we may have swooped in with no knowledge or understanding of your business, <laughs> suggested some terrible half-baked changes out of blind ignorance and totally wasted your time. Yes. It's all right, you can't help it. Here, have a pickled pepper before you go. My husband picks them himself. Hello, what can I get you? Uh, medium filter coffee to have in, please. Milk and sugar? Uh, just milk. OK, that's 180, please. Here you go. And 20p change. Thanks. Hello, John. It's the voice in your head. Oh, no, not you. Yes, hello. What I popped up to say was, I don't think she heard. Who? Heard what? The coffee lady. She turned away already and she didn't hear you put the coin in the tip jar. Oh, well, never mind. Shame, though, isn't it? <laughs> you did a nice thing and she'll never know. <laughs> it's, it's not a big deal. You should nudge the jar. <laughs> what? No, no, that's a, that's a terrible idea. No, it isn't. Nudge the jar and she'll hear. No, but I don't care. Go on. Nudge the jar. <laughs> no, Nudge the jar. There. You happy now? She still didn't hear. <laughs> well, never mind. We've done all we can. Take the coin back out. <laughs> what? No, go, go no. on. Get it back out. No, why? Then you can put it back in again when she's looking. I am not going. Get it back out. She might turn round. Well, be quick then. Go on. Go on, go on, go on, go on, go on, go on, go on. Hot milk or 
Oh. How are you doing? OK, it's not what it looks like. Are you taking money from the tip jar? No, no, I'm not. No. Yes, you are. OK, well, yes, I literally am. You're literally stealing from my tip jar. No, no, you see, that, that is what I'm not doing. I'm just, I'm just getting the coin back that I put in. What do you mean you put it in? I didn't see you put it in. Ah, no, exactly. Exactly? Yeah, you didn't see me put it in. That's why I wanted to put it in again. <laughs> so that you would see. Why? Well, you know, that's the point of tipping, isn't it? <laughs> so that you see me do it and you think, you know, what a nice guy. That's not what I'm thinking. <laughs> no, no, I, I realised that. All right, then, put it back okay. in. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Okay, bye. What about your coffee? Don't want it, you can have it. What is a tea? I hate you, voice in my head. I know, I know. It's okay. I hate you too. The news at one o'clock. Chinese industrial leaders are holding a summit in Kinshasa with members of the African Union concerning future land use and mining rights on the continent. This is important, and you should try to pay attention. <laughs> Protesters are calling on the United Nations to block the proposed deal, for reasons you may or may not agree with, but should definitely know about. <laughs> the Shadow Health Secretary has today strongly criticised the government for reasons which are mildly important, but on the other hand, criticising the government is more or less what Shadow Ministers are for, so you needn't feel too bad if you don't pay too much attention to this one. <laughs> The government responded in much the way you would expect them to respond, so, again, half an ear is plenty. <laughs> in Stoke-on-Trent, something really awful happened to a family of four. You'd find it very interesting because that's human nature, but I'm afraid it's none of your business. <laughs> and finally, there has been further criticism of the new mandatory consumer advice during news programme scheme, with opponents calling it paternalistic and patronising. <laughs> Supporters of the scheme have responded that, yeah, fair enough, it's definitely both of those, but still, you have to admit, we have a point. Ah, <laughs> oh, Mr Constable! Ah, oh, good morning, Fisher. At your easel bright and early, I see. Indeed, yes. And, and yet, do you know, for all the good it's done me, I might as well have stayed a bed. Oh, come, come, I'm sure that's not so. Oh, well, then, take a look yourself. Oh, um... Not your best work, perhaps. Uh, amongst my worst, sir. You have included a lot of sky, have you not? I have. Yes, yes, a lot of sky. A lot. Yes, far more than I planned. And yet, somehow, I still feel unable to capture the scope of the beautiful downs. Uh, they seem hemmed in, as if cramped by the very canvas. I, I, uh... Ah, I believe I have it. Indeed. If I may make a small adjustment. Well, by all means. There. Oh. You had your canvas set on portrait mode. <laughs> Is a landscape. Of course. <laughs> Thank you. Do you know what? I'm always doing that. No. Oh. I think my favourite chocolate is probably uh, lint. Oh, no. No? No, can't stand lint chocolate. Oh, right. Oh, sorry to be so vehement. I'm afraid I'm a real chocolate geek. Are you? Oh, yeah. No, you're not. <laughs> sorry? You're not a chocolate geek. 
You just like chocolate. No, no, it's more than just liking it. I'm, I'm a total geek about it. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you insist on cuvatures that don't add emulsifying agents, or do you think sacrificing mouthfeel for purity is a false virtue? No, I don't mean I'm a geek about how they make it or whatever. What oh. I mean is, me and my friends, we can geek out for hours about which is better, you know, hotel chocolate or Montezuma. That's not geeking out. That's just having a preference. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, we argue about it back and forth. That's called and... arguing about what chocolate you like. That does not make you a geek, nor does buying slightly more expensive chocolate than normal chocolate. To be a chocolate geek, you actually have to know about chocolate. Oh, I see. And you're a chocolate geek, are you? No, I'm not. I'm not. And I know loads about chocolate, but I'm still not a chocolate geek because I don't know loads and loads and loads about it and I'm not a bit weird about it. You don't have to be a bit weird about something to be a geek about it, though. Yes, you do. (laughs) That is what being a geek is. It's not just having an interest. It's not going to an observatory once and then being pleasantly surprised you're not bored. It's not being able to tell a Harley-Davidson motorbike from a not-a-Harley-Davidson motorbike. It's knowing as much as you can possibly know about a thing and being at least a bit weird about it. Why are you so cross? Because those of us who are geeks, okay, real geeks, who earned our geekhood at school through sweat and loneliness and wedgies, (laughs) will no longer stand idly by and watch our geekly identity taken from us by people who think geekhood is nothing more than wearing cute glasses and an asymmetric fringe. (laughs) Particularly not when they are the very people who gave us the wedgies at school. Fine, okay. well, what are you a geek about then? Horror films. Oh, really? Me too. Oh, come on. No, seriously. (laughs) Okay. What's your favourite? I like them all. Then you're not a geek! (laughs) You two jump aboard if you value your lives. This lifeboat's ready to cast off. But you can't cast off, get bad. It's only half gone. I can't help that. It's now or never. But I don't understand. Why aren't people filling it? But look, sir, they can't. The deck's all set up for the evening concert still. People can't get through. Well, then somebody had better bloody well clear them a path. Are you with me, Johnson? I'm with you, sir. Good man. Then let's get to work. Johnson, you realise that may have been your last chance? I don't mind, sir. Truth be told, I've lived an insignificant sort of a life, but at least I'll die doing something truly worthwhile. Yes, I suppose it's some consolation to think that we'll never be forgotten. Oh, no, sir, not us. We'll always be remembered as the ruddy heroes who rearranged the deck chairs on the Titanic. (laughs) I say, what's that noise? Oh, what, sir? I I believe it's the band. They're, They're still playing, sir, even as the ship goes down. Good heavens! How self indulgent! I know! What a ridiculously token effort to make at a time of crisis! Indeed! They'd better hope posterity never gets to hear about them! Now, come on, man! Put your back into it! We've got deck chairs to rearrange! (laughs) 
Hello, my name is Ivan Petrovich Pavlov. I am famous Russian scientist. Most famous thing Pavlov does, Pavlov takes Pavlov's dogs, Pavlov presses buzzer, Pavlov feeds dogs, Pavlov's dogs salivate. Whoops, can't hear Pavlov's dogs salivate on radio. Let's say Pavlov's dogs bark. <laughs> Good Pavlov's dogs. Then one day, Pavlov buzzes buzzer, Pavlov doesn't feed Pavlov's dogs. Pavlov's dogs salivate anyway. Sorry, bark anyway. Good Pavlov's dogs. Pavlov's dogs now have conditioned reflex. Stupid Pavlov's dogs. Clever Pavlov. King of Sweden gives Pavlov Nobel Prize. Well done, Pavlov. But you want to know how Pavlov come up with brilliant one day not feed Pavlov's dogs idea? Pavlov will tell you that exact thing now. This is Pavlov's wife, Mrs. Pavlov. Hello, I am Mrs. Pavlov. Except interesting Russian surname fact. Did you know Russian ladies stick letter A on end of surname? So Mrs. Pavlov. Actually, Mrs. Pavlova. Yes. <laughs> like delicious creamy meringue treat. Pavlov loves Pavlova. Yes, Pavlov loves Pavlova, Pavlov's wife. No. No. <laughs> Pavlov also loves Pavlova, delicious creamy meringue treat. Pavlov does. Pavlov loves Pavlova and Pavlova. But, secret squirrel fact about Mrs. Pavlova. Pavlova loves Pavlov, but Pavlova does not love Pavlov's dogs. Now, Pavlov, absent-minded scientist. Sometimes Pavlov forgets to feed Pavlov's dogs. <laughs> Pavlova thinks, aha, if Pavlov not feed Pavlov's dogs, maybe Pavlov's dogs run away. So, every time Pavlov forgets to feed dogs, Pavlova gives Pavlov the Pavlova Pavlov loves. Hooray! Soon, every time Pavlova gives Pavlov the Pavlova Pavlov loves, Hooray! Pavlov forgets to feed Pavlov's dogs. Pavlov now has conditioned reflex. Stupid Pavlov. Clever Pavlova. But, uh-oh, Pavlov's dogs do not run off from Pavlov. They just get thin and sad. Pavlova feels sorry for Pavlov's dogs, yes. Tells Pavlov whole story. Pavlov forgives Pavlova. But Pavlova's story gives Pavlov idea. Pavlov goes out, buys buzzer, applies Pavlova's conditioned reflex experiments on Pavlov to Pavlov's dogs. <laughs> Good Pavlov's dogs. Then Pavlov and Pavlova go to Sweden, tell King of Sweden about Pavlov's experiments with Pavlov's dogs. King of Sweden gives Pavlov Nobel Prize. Then, next year, Pavlov and Pavlova go back to Sweden, tell King of Sweden about Pavlova's experiments on Pavlov. King of Sweden gives Pavlova Nobel Nobel Prize. Yay! Then next year, Pavlov and Pavlova go back to Sweden. Don't tell King of Sweden anything. King of Sweden still gives them Nobel Prize! King of Sweden now has conditioned reflex. Stupid King of Sweden. Clever Pavlovs. Good Pavlovs dogs. <laughs> Hi. Hi, Sam. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. How about you? Yeah, no, fine, fine. You, are you here on your own? Uh, no, no, I'm having a drink with Andy, but he's running a bit late. Oh, Andy, I haven't seen him for ages. How's he? Yeah, no, he's, he's good. He's fine. He's fine. Yeah. Uh, and you, are you here with... Oh, no, actually, I'm on my own. My train's not for an hour. I thought I'd have a quick drink. Oh, yeah, fair enough. Good plan. <laughs> well, um, shall I... I mean, I could join you if you like. Ooh, uh, no. <laughs> no? No, thanks. Oh, oh, okay. Sorry, if you and Andy have something private to discuss. Oh no, 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 nothing like that. <laughs> oh, no, it's just um, it's just you're not really the friend I'm in the mood for. <laughs> no offence. Well, you say no offence. No, 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 really, don't be offended. 
I mean, you're a really good friend and everything. I, I, I probably like you more than I like Andy. It's just, I've got myself into an Andy mood now. <laughs> you know how it is. No, I don't. Yeah, you do, yeah. It's like, um, okay, it's like when you all arrange to go out for a curry, yeah? But when you get there, the curry place is closed and everyone else goes, oh, well, let's just go to the pizza place over the road. And you're thinking, oh, I really fancied a curry. Well, that's what's happened here. <laughs> to choose. We'd both be here. What, like pizza and curry? All mixed up? (laughs) We're not as different as that. Well, no, I suppose you're not. But then I'm a bit different with you both, you see. Like with Andy, uh, I'm more blokey, yeah? And with you, I do this ruthlessly destructive honesty thing. (laughs) And, you know, if you were both there, I'd have to be constantly thinking, oh, do I do the Andy me or the Sam me? That sounds tiring. Piss off? Oh, well, not, not piss off. Just go off. <laughs> right! Yeah, you know, and, and have a quiet drink while you wait for your train, which is all you thought you were doing anyway. Mm-hmm. It's not like I'm standing you up or anything. Oh, oh no, you're behaving really well. Oh, great. <laughs> Thanks for understanding. Yeah. yeah! Oh, Sam's great. I should see more of him. You know when people say, wouldn't it be great if we could all just be completely honest with each other? Well, no. <laughs> Ask me for a tale of espionage, treason, and people in suits looking out of windows with rain running down them. (laughs) Down the windows, I mean, not the suits. (laughs) It so happens that I could tell you such a story, but then I would have to kill you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, wait, this this is a story about how I used to be a spy, so I could tell you, but then I would have to kill you. (laughs) Ah, it's all right, though. I was going to kill you anyway. So, my friends, draw near, sit on the edge of this bathtub, hold this toaster, and prepare (laughs) to hear my story. It all happened back when I was based in London, working for an organisation called... Well, it had many names, but we in the service knew it simply as... The Zoo. (laughs) I don't know why, perhaps it was an acronym, perhaps it was our dry British sense of humour... Personally, I think it was because it was an area of land given over to the display of animals to the general public. (laughs) One cold morning, Control summoned me to his office. As I came in, he was standing, gazing out of the window with rain running down his suit. (laughs) I was wrong before. Fenimore, he said, the zoo is in trouble. Trouble, sir? Oh, yes. Times have changed, Fenimore. What, again? Yes, indeed. It's not like it was when we started, Philemon. You remember when we started the zoo? What did we have in those days? Three ants and a bee. (laughs) That was enough. And the bee was dead. The public didn't mind, they loved it. Made it easier to pose with it for photographs. (laughs) Dear old Barry the Very Still Bee. Do we still have him in the zoo? No, sir, no. One of the cleaners threw him away. I think she mistook him for... Well, to be fair, I think she correctly identified what he was. <laughs> yes, of course. The zoo going public is not so easy to please these days, Finamore. Let's face it, you and I, we're dinosaurs. I mean, we're not really dinosaurs, of course. 
Worse luck. That would be great. <laughs> People love dinosaurs. Do you think we could get some dinosaurs for the zoo? Well, it's funny you should mention that, sir, because mm. I do actually happen to have this piece of amber containing a prehistoric mosquito, which I... No, no, actually, forget it. That, that whole scheme sounds like it would lead to some sort of disaster. <laughs> or perhaps even four disasters. Each one less good than the one before. No, no, our real trouble, Finnamore, is the circus. I thought we were the circus. No, we're the zoo, Finnamore. Try to keep up. No, the circus is back in town, and I'm afraid they're up to their old tricks. Oh, dear. That is bad. People love those tricks. They certainly do, and so long as the circus is in town, they'll be going to see them instead of coming here. Well, I expect the circus will move on soon enough. I rather think not. You've been in contact with them? <laughs> well, not directly, of course. What would people think if they knew that the zoo were talking to the circus? <laughs> I think they'd think it was quite sweet. <laughs> no, but there are, shall we say, back channels. Okay. Back, back channels. channels. <laughs> yes, yes, that is fun to say. It is yes. rather, isn't it? Back, back channels. <laughs> What does it mean, though? What, what back channels? Well, if you must know, Finnamore, I taught one of our minor birds to say, please will you go away, circus, and then sent it to the circus. And what happened? They sent it back to me, having taught it to say no. <laughs> that does seem conclusive. Hmm. Well, then we'll just have to compete with them. No, if only we could, the trouble is, Finnamore, they're always one jump ahead of us. Really? Yes, they seem to know all our plans and are ready to top them. We put a bear on a unicycle, they put two bears on a bicycle. <laughs> what are we supposed to do then? Three bears on a tricycle? We've tried, Finnamore, they won't fit! Damn it! Damn it, they simply won't fit! <laughs> and you know what this means, of course? Yes, the bears are bigger than tricycles. Yes, it certainly means that, but more generally it means that someone in this organisation is leaking information. No. I'm afraid so. We have to face facts, Finnamore. There's a mole somewhere in this zoo. <laughs> you to find it. I think I may already have an idea. No, Finnamore, please, could you not do that joke? I'm an old man and I think it might actually kill me. Yes, very good, sir. Uh, so, would it be all right if I tried to have my cake and eat it by heavily implying the joke and then not actually doing it? I suppose so, if you must. Now, off you go and find me that mole. But before you go, shall we say back channels? Back channels. <laughs> we said our goodbyes and our back channels, and I set out. Control had given me the names of four keepers he suspected of being the mole. Jay from Llamas, Sam from Small Mammals, Mr. Driscoll, Arachnids, or Laura, Sloats. One of them had to be the mole, but which? Llama, Gopher, Spider, Sloth. It was impossible to know. I began with the Llamas. They could tell me nothing, so I spoke to their keeper. Tell me Tell me, have you seen anything suspicious lately? Anyone talking to someone they ought not to be talking to? Or not talking to someone they ought to be talking to? Or not not talking to someone who ought not to be not talking to them? Or vice versa? Might have done. Might not have done. That's right. Which is it? I'd rather not talk here. Why not? You know what I say? Llamas have ears. I don't think they do say that. They say walls have ears. Walls? Yeah. 
Have you ever seen a wall? Yes. Have you ever seen a llama? Yeah, oh, right. <laughs> this was getting me nowhere. I moved on to gophers. So, I hear you're looking for the mole in the zoo. So, Becky, how did you know? Oh, I've had my boys do some digging. <laughs> I say, that is quite hard to stop them, but it's true, isn't it? As it happens, yes. And surprise, surprise, you've come to me. It's always the same. Whenever anyone's looking for a mole in this zoo, they come to small mammals. <laughs> no, no, I've, I've actually spoken to control. We're not going to do that joke. Oh, really? You've gone to all the trouble of setting this story in a zoo and you're not doing that joke? No, it just seemed a bit obvious. Oh, I see. So presumably you didn't do the, shall we say, back channels one either? <laughs> no, no, we didn't. I moved on to Mr Driscoll in the insect house. <laughs> oh. Mr Driscoll, you seem surprised to see me. I'm surprised to see anyone. I mean, this is the insect house. <laughs> who goes to the zoo to see insects? I'll tell you who. Weird little boys and people confronting their phobias. 70% of the people who come to my exhibit come specifically because they hate it. I'm the only one who has to suffer like this. Nobody goes to the zoo to confront their fear of pandas. It's just me! It's just me! <laughs> I left him sobbing into a cage of scorpions. <laughs> which aren't insects, so I don't know what they were doing then. <laughs> and moved on to Laura from Slopes. I, I, I can't stop to talk. I'm sorry. They're going absolutely berserk. Daniel, put that down. They're always like this after a shift. Madeleine, stop chasing Andrew. It's just they're out there for eight hours, just hanging from their toes and doing nothing. And so, of course, they want to let off steam. Eddie, put that down. Catherine, leave him alone. Felicity, will you please stop juggling? What? What did you want, anyway? Well, I was just going to inquire. Oh, uh... Jonathan, don't you run away. Don't you dare. OK, I'm sorry. Look, I've, I've really got to go and catch him. I'm so sorry. Well, you're not going to catch him now. He's got on that motorbike. <laughs> That. I don't know why we gave them motorbikes. It's... <laughs> Is political correctness gone mad? What's it got to do with political correctness? It... Well, nothing. That's the point. That's why it's gone mad. <laughs> when people say political correctness gone mad, what they mean is political correctness I don't agree with. But in this case, <laughs> political correctness has given some sloths a motorbike. <laughs> I mean, it has actually gone mad. I left her chasing her sloths <laughs> and stumbled away into the drizzle of the evening. I seemed no further forward than when I'd begun, but one of them must be the mole. Which was it? Llama, gopher, spider, sloth. The words seemed to ring mockingly in my ear. Llama, gopher, spider, sloth. Llama, gopher, spider, sloth. I turned and realised I was passing the mockingbirds. But <laughs> something didn't add up. Mockingbirds can't talk. And then I realised the mockingbird aviary is right next to the minor birds. Suddenly, an idea flashed across my mind. Control had sent a minor bird to the circus with a message. Had he remembered to wipe it first? <laughs> I say, minor bird. What do you want? What do you want? Just this. 
Bear on a... Unicycle! Bear on a unicycle! And there it was. <laughs> there never had been a mole in the zoo at all. When the circus wanted to find out what we were up to, a little bird had told them. <laughs> Good night. John Finnamore's Souvenir Programme was written and performed by John Finnamore with Margaret K. Vaughan-Smith, Simon Kane, Laurie Lewin and Carrie Quinlan. The producer was Ed Morris and it was a BBC Radio Comedy production. And you can hear John Finnamore's Souvenir Programme again and again and again and again, endlessly re-echoing in the vault of your skull. What does it want from you? Why would it not let you be? Bye!